0: Jamie and, Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis present! Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kia Lizak, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. It's
0: really fun to have you here.
1: It's, I'm having a great time so cool. far. Cool, well
0: it was awesome talking to you, and uh, good luck with everything. <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> that was easy.
1: climb my way out of this <laughs> tiny weird house that's half underground, <laughs> yeah. see if I can... You're make it out of here alive. So,
0: you're from Missoula, right?
1: I am. I was not born here. Where were you born? I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But um, my parents were transient. They lived in a school bus. They were traveling um, around and they were in Albuquerque selling flowers on the street corner. Shut up. Wow. Really? For real? That's yeah. so
0: cool. Is it cool? Is that cool? Or was um, that like a. Was it not cool?
1: Oh, you know, I think it's. it's it's pretty cool to be, and also not cool yeah. to be raised by hippie parents.
0: Like OG hippie parents.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they were, uh, yeah, so I was born um, in, um, just outside the school bus in a shack at a place called the OSHA Dairy, which was a hippie commune. And uh,
0: in a shack?
1: Then, yeah. Um, and there were lots of people in and out. I guess like there was a sword swallower there and a flautist and uh... oh, shit. in and out
0: of the commune or in and out of the shack.
1: In and out of the shack.
0: Whilst my you mm-hmm. were, yeah. Oh, it was an event. That is crazy.
1: It was, and they all came and omed, held hands and omed around me. So I blame a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of my problems on that. Okay.
0: Wow. Wait. uh, Are you in touch with the sword swallow
1: anymore? No. There's some pictures of him floating around in some different photo albums.
0: That's totally wild.
1: Yeah, but so then I think it was just, you know, within a few days, my parents were back on the corner selling flowers, and then they they made enough money. um, I think perhaps... Because so many people stopped by to see the newborn baby and bought flowers, they made enough money to get out of there. So they uh, came to Montana. Ooh. That's awesome. But I'm actually um, I'm like third generation Montana. So even though that's where I was born, my my mom's um, my mom's family is from here.
0: So Albuquerque was a stop. On yeah, that it was a stop. Journey. Mm-hmm. Did they grow the flowers?
1: I don't it's not think They probably detail. just picked him from like somebody's field From the courthouse front, <laughs>
2: yeah. From the courthouse <laughs> Hey,
1: you know, whatever works Yeah, you totally. to make it in this world
0: <laughs> that's, that's so interesting Do you have siblings?
1: Yes, I have um, Two Half-brothers that on Different halves, so I have an older brother We share the same dad, and then a younger brother And we share the same mom I you know kind of the, I'm a typical child of the '70s. Totally. I think. Yeah. That's actually right. a perfect
0: sibling scenario, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, it's kind of weird because it's sort of like you're. On, I am the only child of my two parents. Right. Me too. I am the only child of that combo. All three of us, all but things. we
0: all also have siblings.
1: Really. Wow. Yeah. Oh,
2: so a table of half siblings.
1: It's an interesting way because I, I do. I kind of identify as an only child and as a person with siblings so I, have, don't I I identify both
2: my, my my two siblings are 10 and 12 years older mm-hmm. and then we moved just the my parents and I moved to Montana when they were out of high school so I had half my childhood was only yeah which is weird yeah it's a uh, it's it worked out well like it, it right. felt like it, felt, it felt, <laughs> well it felt like uh, you got the oh attention I'm alone. You, needed. <laughs> alone you don't have three kids anymore you only have one yeah
1: My Uh, younger brother is 15 years younger than me.
2: Younger, gotcha. Yes. Wow. 15 years younger. And then my
1: older brother is five years older than me.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it splits up the dynamic. Like, the birth order thing doesn't matter anymore. No. Yeah,
1: yeah, not really. I don't know if I identify as a middle child. Yeah, because I I don't have... And plus, I have... You know, then you also have, like, multiple families. Yeah. And then when you're raised sort of by hippies, you also have all these other families, too. Because yeah. they just, you know, they just passed us around and everybody nursed us and stuff.
0: Like... <laughs> literally. Literally.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, oh, perfect. I also think I feel like, because I, I also... I, although I was an only child, technically, or or technically not, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I have always had friends in my life who felt like siblings. You know what I mean? I never felt, uh, like by myself yes, or anything. I don't know if that my, my parents, because I'm so much younger, were, you know, I was the only child in the house and I think my dad was like probably pretty over having a little kid in the house and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there were friends around all the time.
1: Me too. And, um... I've always had really close friends that feel like siblings, and I'm now raising an only child who has a lot of friends like that. Yeah. Two?
0: Your child is cool. Thanks. I was just at uh, the credit union, and <laughs> he was, like, a, video. He was
1: opening up a He was opening up an account. Yeah, he's opening up a, <laughs> he no. does have an account.
0: Does he really? Well, you know. He's yeah. sa- I bet he puts. I bet he's saving money, <laughs> isn't he? He's smart like that.
1: Oh, no. Um, Kid has no concept of money. So, Kia, you
0: are the director. Tell me what your job is.
1: I'm the executive director of the Zootown Arts Community Center, or ZAC. ZAC. I ZAC. feel
0: like I, driving yeah. over here, I was like,
1: I don't know what the ZAC stands for. Yeah, Zootown <laughs> Arts Community Center.
0: Um, and how long have you been doing
1: that? I'm uh, just entering into year seven. Holy Ooh.
0: crap. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have kind of been at the helm of like some big changes over there. Is that accurate? Like, what was the Zach before you got there? And I'm not asking you to take credit for anything, Mm -hmm. because I know you're not going to.
1: No, I would never do that.
0: Um, I (laughs) will give you
2: the credit. (laughs) We will help you with that. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, But what's the history of Zach, and and how did you get involved?
1: Awesome. Thanks for asking. I, uh... (laughs) Um, so, it's actually an interesting story. The Zach is, um going on 10 years old. So Zach was about three years old um, when I came there. And actually the Zach, it was started by a group of uh, artists and um, people who had a great vision to make an arts community center. Um, At the helm of that was a woman, Hannah Hannon, um, who has since moved um, and some other people. Chris from um, Zoo City Apparel was there in the beginning and helped start the print shop and things like that. So, but when I, um, so prior to, um, when I came to the ZAC, the Zach was struggling. Um, it gotten down to about, um, Hannah was still there, but she was only working part time. And the old director had quit suddenly, and they didn't. They knew they couldn't afford to hire a director, a new director, because they were just barely, you know, making ends meet. <coughs> and so, and I happened to be prior to the Zach. I owned a store, a Blackbird Kids Shop. I, when Silas was born,
0: on oh, the hip strip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
1: When Silas was born, I quit my job and opened that store with the Smetankas. And then we had the um, economic, the great economic crash. and the Great we, Recession. Yeah. And we were struggling. And actually, I was in sort of a unique position because I'd been sort of at having this store but not being able to pay myself for about three years prior. So Doug and I had changed our entire lives. We were renting. We couldn't afford to pay our mortgage, so we were renting out our house and living at my parents'. We were just a bit... We had, like... Narrow, just bare bones because yeah. I had been having to like keep this business going while not being able to afford to pay myself, not really even being able to afford to close it. Like, you know how you get into these situations with, yeah. you know, having a small business um, when it's not working out. It can be hard as you probably know yeah. because you have your own. Um So I was in a unique position in which I wasn't really used to making any money at all. <laughs> and as I was closing my store, someone from the Zach Board said, uh, had contacted me and said, hey, um, you know, the board had just recently had a vote of whether they were going to close the ZAC or try to hire a part-time office manager to come in and help change things around. So she said, hey, you know, I've got, we're looking for somebody to do this job and I think you'd be really good at it and I want you to apply, but I'm just going to warn you, you know, it's like 20 hours a week, it's $10 an hour, we don't have much money and there's a lot of, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's um, troublesome, da, 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 and I was like, the Zach.
2: What's-? There's a lot of stuff that's troublesome. <laughs> troublesome.
1: <laughs> yes, such as like we don't know if you will, you we even have enough money to pay. Right. This might be like a right. two week gig. <laughs> right. 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 And so I was like, the Zach. What's the Zach? <laughs> and uh, I went in, and you know, apply. I I, I I went ahead and I was like, okay, here's my resume. And went in and interviewed. And um, even when they offered me the job, I remember they called and they said, we have, I think this, we're hoping this is good news for you. We want to offer you this job. <laughs> That's <awesome. laughs> And, you know, I told... Doug and like luckily I didn't you know I don't I think it was a unique position because somebody else might be like no I can't survive on that amount of money or whatever yeah. but I hadn't been making any money so I was like I was like I'm gonna give this six months you know because I thought this is a really cool um, opportunity especially coming off of trying to make my own business work because I learned a lot but also just saw, okay here's it, it already has a nonprofit status and it already has a building yeah. and everything else is kind of like. Fair game at this point, right? right? Um, because if I could just so, and then so Hannah was there, the founder, and f- oddly enough, within three months of me working there, she left. So within three months, and also we had all, almost a complete board turnover. So within six months, I of working there, I was the oldest. <laughs> I was the oh, senior old, most tenured. Yeah, the most tenured. <laughs> so even though I. I am not the founder of the Zach. I I have, I feel, I have that kind of relationship with it. Because, you kind of helm uh, the duo. Because almost everything that we do today came out of, you know, my brain. Yeah, In totally. one form or another. So I have that kind of, I'm very emotionally attached to the work um, that I do and the work there. So anyhow, I just decided, I'm kind of a, like this anyway. I'm always... I'm sort of an overachiever, so I was like, I'll just get paid for 20 hours a week, and I'll work 60 hours a week for six months, and see, I'll, I'll just see what I can do, you know? Like, I'm just gonna see if we can um, make this place work, and sure enough, I mean, it's been one step at a time, but um, now, seven years later, you know, I have, we have three full-time staff, and three Four part-time staff and lots of other people coming in and and uh, teaching artists yeah. and working and um, it's been it's and, been a journey and tons of yeah. awesome
0: programs mm-hmm. and and I want to talk about that stuff but I'm interested and in, you said that you learned you felt like you learned stuff from being a small business owner that maybe was applicable mm-hmm. to running the Zach and I'm curious what those things were especially coming yeah. from. Small business, that's retail, mm-hmm. which seems like, especially in downtown Missoula, mm-hmm. like a f- fucking nightmare. And yeah. Like alchemy. Like, how do you figure it out? Yeah. Um,
1: well, uh, let me... Well, first of all, I would say a couple things. I learned a lot of things about myself. Um, so, prior to opening Blackbird Kid Shop, I, I spent about 10 years in the field of working with severely emotionally disturbed kids in one way or another. So I worked for um, a school community therapy program at CS Porter, I worked for AWARE for many years, I worked um, for, uh, I ran the flagship program at Hellgate High School. And I knew that I really loved that work, like I knew that I, I love the power of change and, and transformation and working with youth. Um, and then when Silas was born, I was working at C.S. Porter Middle School in, this, in the school community therapy program, and I was given, you know, my six weeks maternity leave, which is another thing we could talk about for an hour. Six but, weeks? Uh-huh, and then after six weeks, I, you know, after five weeks or whatever, I was like, I, I can't leave this person right now, so I'm just going to figure out something else. This person
0: being your newborn. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a person. Yes. <laughs> um, and, so, um, and so I you know, Amy McCulkin's my best friend, she owned Betty is divine, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to start a, yeah, I want to, anyway, it, long story short, I, this space came open, and Joanna and I, we decided to open this kid's clothing store. Um, and in doing the clothing store, what I realized um, is that I wasn't so passionate about selling clothes and retail, but I was really passionate about having a community space. So we love like we did kids art shows every first Friday, and we did kids dance parties, and we had we kind of made our store a, a unique space where. Um, there was a space in the back where moms could like nurse and hang out and be welcome. And we had, you know, we just did other stuff besides. And I really loved, I also really loved like coming up with the advertising campaigns and the window displays and sort of like all the creative aspects of it, you know? And I taught myself as small business owners do. I taught myself how to do the books. Like I learned, I taught myself QuickBooks and, um, I just sort of gained all these skills. I also gained the skills of making ends meet. I mean, even though ultimately we couldn't do that, um, I I still learned a lot about um, budgeting and, and things like that. So coming to the Zach, I really brought sort of that passion of, Running a community space yeah. with me, and I realized that's sort of where my passion lied anyway. But I also brought skills like I was like, yeah, I can do the books. You don't have to hire a bookkeeper. That's going to save money. I can do. So basically, sort of started doing all the jobs. So I mean, that's what you do when you're um, a director at a nonprofit and you don't have staff. You just do all the jobs, and then slowly as you grow, you sort of try to figure out ways to like eke out those jobs to everyone else. But right. you know, I'm I was doing the programming and the bookkeep. I mean, I still do do a lot of those jobs but the programming and the bookkeeping and the managing and the developing and um, and the advertising and just thinking of sort of creative ways to to make ends meet and I think in some ways I think nonprofit director I mean a nonprofit is um, you it's helpful to have a business background uh, particularly when you're trying to build a nonprofit up from scratch because yeah. even though you're not selling something per se, you are. You're selling a community benefit. You still have to, um, a big part of your job is to teach the world about what that benefit is, you know. And you're also at the same time having to do a lot with a little and make ends meet and figure out you can go, you know, that you can get from month to month and sort of thinking about the future. And so I think it was kind of just fortuitous that I had sort of had this like pit stop, gaining those skills that I was able to sort of carry over.
0: Yeah, I mean, I gotta imagine <clears throat> that running the Zach. I mean, it is running a business. Mm-hmm. There literally is no different, except probably you have to deal with some like boring extra tax shit. <laughs> like, um,
1: well, the big one there. The one of the big differences is that I also have a board, which you don't have at a, at a business. Okay. And. Um, that can be you know a real mixed bag I mean boards can be really a, a nonprofit board of directors is great because it's like all these extra arms out in the community and people to help you, but it's also like another group that you manage, so yeah. you manage the stat your staff and then you also your board and so um, it can also board if you don't know how to um have a successful board, a board can also kind of can hold an organization back. Totally. And and I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. I taught myself everything, everything over the last, you know, six, seven years.
0: So what is today? What is the mission of the ZAC?
1: Um, So the ZAC is um, essentially our mission is to provide meaningful uh, and accessible art experiences to missoula community residents and visitors
0: so not children necessarily
1: no people. we have all ages programming. Human beings mm-hmm.
0: can you give us an example
1: um yeah i can give you an example well let me just tell you because a lot of people don't know everything about the zach a lot of people just know a couple things about the zach because we do a lot of different stuff yeah <laughs> so um i mean essentially we are an arts community center we are a public space where you can come that exists <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next, we have artist studios so we have five artist studios that we rent out at low cost to artists awesome. um and most of our studio holders have been there for a long time we have an art therapist that works out of the zach and um, uh we also you know we have a lot of people got andy spatenka made his movie at the zach
0: oh really mm-hmm. the world the
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah what is that called
1: When we were young, we Um, we have a a a gallery which we have um, monthly art exhibitions. Um, We have and we we focus on group shows that involve the whole community, like the Missoula Monster Project, which is which is awesome. Two hundred youth and two hundred adults. That's so killer. Um, And then we have. Uh, public print shop. So we do printmaking education, but it's also there as a resource and a tool for the community. Um, so the Zach, we're really focused on accessible art experiences and ac- accessible is the key word there. So we even, we try to focus on having, um, offering Things that you can come in and within an hour you can make your own piece of art. We want it to be, the Zach, we want it to be an easy access point. So we want to, we spend a lot of time thinking about how can we take away the barriers from people um, accessing their own creative voice because there's a lot of barriers, right? There's like pretentiousness or, or there's fees or there's, um, just feeling like it's a world outside your own in many art institutions. Right. And so we really try to put the community in art. So we also so so like Silkscreen is kind of an easy Way you can you could you could walk into the Zach with a drawing a, um, maybe a pencil drawing that was like your band that you're starting or something, yeah. right and within an hour we could burn a screen of that you could be in there like making a T-shirt you know of that so that's, that's awesome. like a so that's a and so we have different school groups let's community right groups wait, why yeah. no, why are, are right. we
0: doing
2: that I don't know, <laughs> oh, I know. Um, uh, so um, yes. wait 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 I'm not done yet we also have a
1: donation based community art supply closet so um anyone we accept donations and then we let anyone use it so we've got kids from the neighborhood that would otherwise just be like roaming around doing doing god knows what (laughs) they're in there using it homeless people come in and use it sometimes or i've sent sent some things I got a letter last year from a prison inmate asking me if I could send him some art supplies and I did, you know. No so kidding. it's really nice to just and it's just it's so simple, you know. It's like this simple concept but it's yeah. also sometimes the most um simple, the simplest things can sometimes be the most radical. You know, like let's cut out all the middle bullshit and just hey, give us some art supplies and that are sitting in your basement because you thought you were going to like become this you know, boutique artist, right. and then you realize how, you, that you didn't want to, and then you just bring it over here, and some other guy can come and use it. So we do that. We have a pottery studio, um, paint your own pottery studio, and then we have the our music school which now extends to veterans um, all which kinds of which is the coolest music the camps. music camp stuff is so rich. and then we all and then we have all ages music shows as you know and um, then we also facilitate you know uh, quite a few art events throughout the year so again we are just it's kind of like um, we're really focused on that community aspect of art how do you use art to Build, um, to build confidence To build relationships across group lines Across age, yeah. different ages So we have an extensive youth education program And an extensive uh, adult education program So we offer about 6 to 12 adult classes per month As well as um, after school programs For youth in music and art throughout the school year And then over 21 summer camps every Jesus
0: summer. Wait, so this sounds expensive mm-hmm. How do you guys offer all this stuff?
1: Well, <laughs> we accept donations. You can call us at no, just kidding.
0: <laughs> no, do that. That's I mean, cool. That's, this is yeah, a good, this is, you know,
1: yeah. So, actually, this is our year end fundraising time. So, we are, um, so we are, we do accept donations um, of art supplies and also money. Um, It is expensive and it's also not. I mean, that's the one great thing about being creative people is that we can, you know, we can do a lot with a little. However, it's my goal to sort of move away from that tagline of doing a lot with a little because I think that we should be doing a lot with a lot. Because I think that, you know, I think that one of the things that really holds me back um, from even bigger and better creative ideas that I have is having to slog away spending like 70% of my time trying to find the money, you know? And right. that's what, that's just the truth for a lot of nonprofits. And arts especially are um, really, really low funded. I mean, there's no, there's hardly any, um, you know, there's no, uh, people have, all kinds of different ideas about how things happen. Yeah, You know, like they think, oh, the city must be giving them money. No, (laughs) or the state must be giving them money. No, so... You guys don't um, get
0: any government grants or anything? No,
1: there's a Montana Arts Council... And they give us $2,000 a year.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, thank you, Montana Arts Council. But also... uh. It's funny. I
1: just came from the Community Arts Education Conference in San Francisco. And there's a lot of states that are doing a lot better than ours in supporting the arts. Um, But, you know, we we have to creatively put it together. So we rely on... We have a three-tiered funding stream, which is good. It's healthy, which means that we get... um, We have donations from individuals um and and then we also have grants and then we also have um fee for service so we do charge for our classes we have a no questions asked scholarship program so if you need to get into if you need a scholarship you just tell us you need one we don't require any kind of um uh, proof of income. yeah Yeah. because again it's just that accessibility Peace, sure. like i we want to we want to truly remove the barriers not just pretend yeah. <laughs> but truly remove the barriers so it's not um so I don't, we don't want to make it difficult because we really do believe that um access to arts is a life-changing and world-changing um thing for a community to have um but so we have um and then we are, we have a paint your own pottery studio, so that's wonderful. Like you can come in. It's still, you know, when you're a nonprofit, you can't do anything that doesn't align with your mission. You can't accept money for something that doesn't align for your mission. So a paint your own pottery studio is great because you get that accessible art experience. You get to come in, paint already made pottery. We've fire it in our kiln, but it's also it's a revenue stream. It just brings in people that might not otherwise come in. Um, so it gives us a revenue to help like us. Like they with buy a mug
0: costs. and paint it. Kind yeah. Kind thing.
1: Yep. And it's the big time of year for that Christmas presents.
0: Oh, uh, oh there's I, another reason. Yeah. We could do merch. Uh, could. merch. You Still totally could. You totally
1: could. You could you this cup, you when people come here you could be giving them cups with a Picture of your faces on it. You could come in and like paint a cup with your. your (laughs)
2: He's he's confused, just as I am. We're not going to give our guests anything.
1: (laughs) No, no, to drink out of as they sit here, you know.
2: (laughs) Everybody wants to look at my face. I want everyone
1: who's listening at home to know that they did. They gave me a cup of coffee. They they gave it was ready ready for you. It was ready for me, and it was hot and. It's a lovely mug. That's the only
2: thing we know how to do <laughs> as a podcast is I'll make sure we have coffee ready. Um, so do you have any sense of
0: like how, because obviously you're getting s- supported, right? I mean, it seems like the programming has grown over the last five years. Is that accurate? It's like, what I'm trying to say is it seems like shit's going pretty well. No? Um, Meaning is Missoula being supportive of the Zach in a way that feels positive to you?
1: Yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that we I, I feel like we're in a really good place right now and that it's been really fun to and meet to watch ideas grow and watch um, watch everything grow. We you know, we have a huge we do we do a fundraiser. Um, the mini show is our biggest fundraiser Super fun. of the year. Um, and that is like, I mean, but it takes us, you know, six months to plan. Yeah. It. It's a lot of work. So totally. raising money is a lot of work. You know, they say, um, that every, for every, uh, what do they say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is that old adage about non, we're in a nonprofit? What is that? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> something about for every dollar raised, you know, it, it it takes it. Ten times as much more work for a dollar earned, or something like yeah. it's not just like people just give you money. Like right. you just, you know, you gotta. Yep. It's it's a it's a it's a lot of work and it's a lot of planning and it's a lot of thinking. And right now, actually, I am um, not going div- to divulge too many details. But since I've come to this, <laughs> yes, what? Well, so um, yes, I'm pursuing a huge dream, and my dream is. Oh
0: my God! What was that? It was your keys? I think
1: my dream is to. Um, Build, build a new Zach. Um Ooh.
0: Build a building.
1: Yes, and um, so that's the thing I've been working on over the last couple of years, and that's the thing we're on our way to doing, and which is requiring some even bigger, uh, bigger fundraising no and kidding. bigger learning. And yes, so because, buy a
0: piece of property. Yes, and put a building on.
1: Yeah, because if Ooh, you cool. So if you, um, you know, one of the things that's been hard for us is where we are growing. Um, and we don't own our building we rent it yeah. and we um, we've already put over sixty thousand dollars into our building into a to, space you don 't own into a space that we don't own and that's the community you know we community fundraising yeah. money so and we're and we're already at a um, even having done that we're already at a crossroads again we can't um, our space is really too small for the work that we're trying to do we have where you have one room, which is our gallery and our meeting space and our classroom. And we're just constantly pushing, you know, putting everything on top of each other. Um, We have this great all ages music space in our basement, but it's not, it's not accessible. I mean, people talk to us about that all the time. Well, why don't you guys have an elevator? I'm mean, Well, we don't own the building and it's costs a hundred thousand dollars to you know put in I mean? an
0: elevator. Yeah.
1: So it's not like, so, and I'm not going to put in an elevator to, you know, I'm not going to raise that money. So anyway, so in order to be the best organization that we can be and serve the community the best we can, we've been, um, the last year we conducted a feasibility study which means that um, a woman named Melanie Brock and I sat down with over 100 people personally uh, in Missoula and talked to them about um, what the ZAC does, how we do it, um, who we're serving and what our sort of facility issues are and asked them about where would you like to see the ZAC, what would you like to see this Arts Community Center doing, and if we try to do this, would you support it? Uh, that kind of a thing. And so we gathered all of that data. And we've been working on um, looking at facilities, um, meeting with architects. What did the data say? All kinds good stuff.
0: Can you, can you divulge yes, it? Yes,
1: I can. So the data said the majority of everyone. And we talked to people, you know, the mayor, to the um, mom of the kid coming to this act, to... Uh, you know that heads of foundations, things like that um, homeless people, whatever everybody who what do you guys want to see in your arts community center? Um, and yeah the, so largely they people were sympathetic to the fact that we um, have, Facility issues. We have um, four parking spots. Yeah, I mean the Missoula Monster Project alone. We had over a thousand people come in the door to see that show, which is amazing. We have that's four amazing. parking spots. Totally, you know, and um, it's like a
0: weirdly hard place to get to. It's a
1: hard place to get to. Although, you know, I love the romance of being on the tracks. One of the things that's um, bo- really bothers me about the Zach is that um, we are not on a bus line, so it's really hard oh, to sure. get. For kids to get there. And so even though we're in the north side and we're really committed to serving sort of this low-income neighborhood, the irony is that we can either serve north side kids or we can serve kids who have moms that drive. don't work that can drive them there at 3.30 in the afternoon. Interesting. You know, so yeah. it really, and so we are. not enough bus stop around there?
0: Bus probably can't get down that road
1: nope and we actually went in part of our feasibility study we went to um mountain line and asked them if they would ever consider putting a bus stop in there and they told us no so that was part of what we you know we wanted to see we wanted to really talk to everyone so we could weigh out like what what exactly um are our options um and so and the other thing that's really hard about the Zac is we don't have any outdoor space. So we have twenty one summer camps a summer. We have hundreds of kids at the Zac and as you know, like kids They, they need they, to go burn need, it off. Yeah, they need to get get outside. Yeah. And so we walk the kids <clears throat> down um, to Head Start. But it's harder when we do younger camps, you yeah. know, when we have four and six year olds and um, it's just so so one of the things so we the huge piece was that for us is like again accessibility accessibility it's accessibility accessibility so we want to be on a bus line we want to be more visible to passers-by we want to be um in more of a central location so that we can serve all of missoula better because we are already you know um We are serving all of Missoula. We want to be able to do that better and bigger. Um, We want to be able to have, one of the things that we're working on um, a lot too is just getting more high school kids involved. Um, We bring high school kids in for camps, but more as leaders, so we bring them and as volunteers, they help to help with the younger camps, and then we can give them, you know, work experience. We can give them sort of that um, skill building, leadership skills. So being in a more central place where high school kids from all the different high schools can get to, hop yeah. on the bus, um, and also just for our all ages music space, which we want to grow and see thrive and be bigger and better. So. Um, and again, you know, it's like when one of the issues with our all-ages music space has been that not, it, not all ages are coming there. People right. that are over 21 are coming there, and they're like, oh, darn, you know, we can't drink, da da because da, we're really strict about that. Well, it's not really – there's lots of bar. I mean, there's actually not lots of bars that play music. There used <laughs> there, to there be. There used to be, uh, <laughs> like, four months ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, you know, I think that um, – being in a more central location could help with that. Getting more high school kids yeah, out just, to shows and whatnot. Just
0: so everyone's clear, when she says all ages music space, you're talking about a venue with, with mm-hmm. bands, so mm-hmm. it's, it's shows. It's mm-hmm. um, how's that going? So so wait, so let me back oh, up. Oh, so, Yeah.
1: So our feasibility study said they want us and uh, people would love to see us have more space so that we can offer more programming. They'd love to see us on a bus line they'd love to see us in a central location and most people said yes that they would support that which is really exciting because that's awesome that's Zula great. deserves to have a community art center that's big enough to serve it and that's in its own home so that it can be permanent because right now as long as we don't own our own home you know if I quit the Zach I I don't know if the Z- uh, let me just back up and say, my goal for the ZAC is to make it sustainable totally. forever. Yeah. So that if it, whatever happens. Probably wants to sell that building. People can come and go and the ZAC is always going to be there, yeah. you know, 50 years from now. Because it's really, it belongs to Missoula. It doesn't yeah. belong to me. It doesn't right. belong to anyone. Yeah.
0: So where are you guys looking?
1: Uh, we're Can looking you talk in the middle that? of Missoula. Really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right where the where the cheapest land is.
1: <laughs> no, not necessarily downtown. I mean I think downtown is is great, but I, I love the idea that we can be, I still want to shoulder uh, neighborhoods because um, we are a community center and I think it's really, I'm, I'm all about the neighborhood, philosophically I'm all about the neighborhood, uh, the idea of uh, building up, starting from a neighborhood. What about, what about
0: kind of like over there behind Rose Hours? That seems like where it should be mm-hmm. to
1: me. Yeah.
0: Are you open to advice on this? <laughs> Are we going to, let's get in the car and go look at properties. Yeah, we could do that um, No problem. Because I think that's going to happen over there. And Midtown is, is mm-hmm. like, that's a, that's a new thing. Yeah. to be part of the Midtown revival.
1: Right. At the mall. Maybe we could be at the mall. You could be
0: in the mall in next the mall. to the grocery store where you can get drunk. <laughs> oh, man. Is that still happening? Yes. I
1: heard you can't actually get drunk there. Did you guys hear that? No. No. Oh. What do you mean? Um, well, so Lucky's is the name of the grocery store, right? So they're, mm. is that what it's called? Yeah, I think They're, no, right. I don't want to... Misinformation on this <laughs> newscast, but um, they are—they're um, known for that. But yet, Montana law will prevent that from happening. That's what I heard. Will
0: Montana pre- law will prevent you from getting drunk.
1: Montana law will prevent you from being able to buy a beer and shop in there. That's oh. what I heard. That's uh, and gotcha. so even though that's something that they do in other communities, like you know, we have all we have weird bizarre alcohol laws, alcohol laws yeah. here, which sort of prevent a lot of. It's funny because we have these strict alcohol laws, yet we have like this whole population of people that don't like to do anything if they're not if they can't drink at the same time. I know. So yeah. it's kind of rough for the small business most owners. Of, you most know?
0: business meetings happen at bars or breweries in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Even that is very interesting. It's the Tavern Association. Yep. Yeah. Organized
2: crime syndicate.
1: Totally. That's true.
2: <laughs> totally. It's the only thing we'll talk badly about on yeah. this podcast <laughs> is the Tavern Association. It's Try really to find it. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, uh,
0: so, so, Missoula's is, it sounds like this is going to happen someday, right? Like yeah. you guys, that, which is really amazing. Yeah, we're
1: working on it right now.
0: Do you feel like in your fundraising, and I obviously you've been doing it for a while and you've been successful at it, is this a harder sell to people than you feel like it should be? Yes. And why do you think... I mean, I I feel like everyone probably has their suspicions, but you would know better than anyone else. But why do you think that is?
1: Well, the arts in general. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny, uh, because, again, I just went to San Francisco to this community arts education conference, the National Guild for Community Arts Education, and I was thinking about it on the way home, that one of the things that... I enjoyed most about the conference is that I was just surrounded by 800 people who all feel the same way as me and so I had a like a a five-day break from constantly I feel like I'm always shouting like this is why arts community centers are important (laughs) like always like I just feel like it's like this constant you know it's an educate it's it's Just talking about it all the time. And always having to sort of defend it. Yeah, until I'm blue in the face because it's just, it's not as easy for people to wrap their brains around as. um... (laughs)
0: Lacrosse. Something like lacrosse.
1: Well, when you think about (laughs) other nonprofits, for example, like something like, let's go say the Food Bank, right? The Food Bank is an incredibly important organization that um, sustains our community and is so important and the importance of the food bank is within the name of the food bank you hear the word you hear the food bank you know what the food bank does and when and Missoulians you know support the food bank endlessly I mean it's great they get a lot of support um when you hear arts community center I mean it's going to be a tiny a a tiny percent of the population that's going to hear that and go, oh yeah, I want to give to that, because I understand exactly how that organization is benefiting the community. The benefit is not um, as obvious, you know, it's not like, oh, you're hungry, you need food. Yet for me, um, and, and many others... Art is food, right. and I do believe that uh, uh, access to the arts is a basic need, and that it's just as important. And in fact, you could even argue. I mean, I've talked to people at the Zach before. They're like, "Yeah, my parents, we didn't have a lot of money. We were hungry sometimes, but we had paintbrushes, and that made me who I am today." Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So, um, when we're really thinking about this world that we're in, obviously, we n- we need food. We need to. Uh, you need to be first nourished before you can you know do many other things but um we're thinking about this world that we live in and this crap of a mess that we're all in and you think about like how are we going to get out of this um the arts
2: yeah (laughs) totally you
1: know that's how we're going to get out of it that's how we're going to solve problems and it's how we're going to stay connected to each other and it's how we're going to uh, it's how we're going to teach our kids how to be creative problem solvers when the problems continue to get so big that we can't even, like, see our way around them. Yeah. I mean, creativity is, is everything. And then you look at the way the world is moving, like, uh, in uh, social – I mean, creativity is – well, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever risen out of poverty without using creativity to do so? You know, I mean, have you you can oh, yeah. you can you like really change your life without? I, I think it's just all rooted in creativity. So I think that going back down to that level, meeting people where they're at, and that's what a community arts center is about. Um, more than another arts type of organization, but meeting people where they're at and saying and giving them that power where they're at. Yeah. So, letting their art project explore who they are and what's what's uh, what's important to them and having that be that step toward self-empowerment. Um, but, yeah, but it's, again, so that's why um, – but that's not obvious to people. It's a it's a long conversation. And so that's why it's a struggle to raise money for the arts, I yeah. think, because it's just not as obvious. Um, you have to kind of walk through it. You have to walk through it step by step and go, okay – um here's how it works. And the other thing is is that it's not um it's not easy. Like it's it's uh community organizing and building something isn't easy. You can say like you know wouldn't it be great if we all just like did art and just got together and um but it's like well yeah, but that also means putting in a lot of hours and doing a lot of fundraising and constructing a board and doing the books and crossing, you know, keeping, finding people to also invest yeah um, and invest in that community idea, that project. I think,
0: like, a perfect Mm -hmm. example for me is uh, the kids' rock camps, which Mm -hmm. are so cool. And when you think about... You know, if you were to ask someone, like, what the benefit of a bunch of, like, what, eight to 12-year-olds or something, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to play guitar and play some rock songs, uh, you know, that might be pretty superficial, the, the benefits, mm-hmm. most people would say. Um, but having seen that camp and seeing that, oh, man, it's forcing these kids, especially now where, like, so much stuff is online and, like, these sort of right passing interactions we have with each other. Uh, force us to sit in a room, do something they've never done before, admit that they don't know how to do it and they're going to learn how to do it, and then also communicate with each other on a level through music, which they never have. Mm-hmm. Like all of those kids are better off
1: mm-hmm. and they're better
0: members of the human race yeah. uh, because of having that experience. Um, and it's like that should be <laughs> that should be like a prerequisite for living. <laughs> It's right. like having to be in a band be normal right. when you're ten years old. You know, yeah. it's so cool and just creating something to create something.
1: Yeah, you know, exactly. we're not going to
0: get rich. We're not going to uh, get into college. We're not going to. Mm-hmm. You know, this is because uh, this is exercising our brains in a way that will better us as people.
1: And those kids, you know, they write. What an important part of that? program and it's that they're they're writing the song totally their songs it's their lyrics and so that's another thing it's like you can bring uh i just i really believe in um an approach to education that's not about it's not about feeding people knowledge it's about Giving them ways to identify the knowledge that's already within themselves. I mean, maybe that sounds cheesy, but that's what art is, you know. And it's so when you can, they're writing the songs about the issues that they care about, they're accessing their own um, creative voice, and they're also learning how to do it together, right? Because in order to play music together, you have to listen to each other. And there's no avoiding it. And how many times do we get opportunities to listen to each other, you know? So I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about, I learned a long time ago um, that, I don't know, I'm just a person who I'm really, I feel the need to make change and do something um, about the things I don't like in the world, yet I also feel like it's so overwhelming. Like the world is such an overwhelming place to live and, it, and you just you know you go on facebook or whatever and there's just like a million things to be sad about and a million and it, it feels and if there's so many places that are really disempowering places to try to make change yeah. you know i mean i've in my life i've only had a handful of the people that i've voted for ever get into office you know i've no, <laughs> even though i've voted <laughs> in every election um, and I, I think that the place where I know I can make change is just in the people that are right in front of me, and so I think that just bringing it, reining it back in, has back down. Like just start, don't even start in the community. you like start in the neighborhood. You're yeah, in. totally. Start with the person next to you, then start. To try to transform the neighborhood that you're in. Yeah. Um, and then if that, you know, if we all did that, you know, then you kinda then then from that neighborhood, then that neighborhood can inspire the next neighborhood. Well then and we wouldn't neighbor, you know, we wouldn't even yeah. have to
0: try to save the world. It would just be saved if right. we all saved our
1: neighborhoods. <laughs> right? And it's just a much easier, you know, it's just a step by it's just a um it's a, it's it's less daunting, but it's also because of that, it's it's more effective, you know. It's like I, I really do think I love the I love the idea that we can just um, just the impact that you can have just from one person to the next. When I was getting on the airplane in San Francisco, when I was going through the gate um, to you know, taking my shoes off and everything. The guy, the security guard working was like singing a song and like, hey, how you doing? It was, it was like so shocking. You yeah. know, just so used to everyone at the airport, just everyone working there just make you feel bad and totally. like you have it be like this horrible experience and <laughs> one guy who's probably like working in a 12-hour shift just decided he was gonna like make it fun for everybody. Yeah. And then you think about like maybe that lifted me up so that the next person I encountered, I just, you know, gave them made it fun for them and like right. on and on and on and on and i think more and more i just think that that's the only way i know how totally. to change the world you know
2: yeah that's i mean uh, that is it mm-hmm. and uh and uh we we're we're very large believers in the neighborhood thing yeah like we really like the idea we we started talking about the idea of why doesn't every neighborhood still have a grocery store yes the neighborhood brewery thing is definitely already happening, but that's not necessarily what we're looking for yet. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's not... I mean, it is there, but it's not the same idea. Uh, but Schaefer's
1: the... Market. I grew up in Missoula, Schaefer's Market on the north side. That was my oh, first...
0: Yeah. Oh, that sounds so cool. That was my yeah. first
1: um, venture out alone. It was one block away from where I live, and I would just walk over to Schaefer's Market and buy penny candy. Can you so believe great. I used to buy... Pe- I feel like an old lady. <laughs> I would buy the penny candy! Yeah. <laughs> and like then in the later, 50s. I would... St- Steal cigarettes.
0: <laughs> yeah. on a basket of cigarettes at the counter. It's just
2: a bowl of cigarettes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, uh,
2: and So, yeah, the, the, the community art-centered idea, while I think some uh, swath of the population probably thinks it's quaint and unnecessary, it's totally necessary. Mm-hmm. It's totally, it, it is a requirement. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of somewhere, like, uh, if you can't afford colored pencils... Like that, that, that is like a, that person, I don't know, that person could be a huge change just because they were able to create something.
0: Mm-hmm. How It's uh, like, it should be called the learn to be cool and useful member of society. Center. center. <laughs> I think you guys need to rebrand. Right?
1: <laughs> that could be a tagline. <laughs> really? That could be a tagline. It's worth considering.
2: Yeah. Learn to be a cool person. I think
1: person. it's, yeah, definitely. Well, and you also think about like learning to like, f- for example, you can't, there's not a lot of things like an 80 year old and a four year old can do together, but they totally. can make art True. together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, they could even be in a band together. <laughs> oh, that's sack. an interesting. Oh, do yeah. you
0: guys have one of those yet?
1: Well, no, we did do our first inaugural, you know, um, ladies rock camp mm-hmm. last year, which was awesome. awesome. So we did oh, like for women. Women, yes. Uh huh. Um, and which is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, because um, you're a rocker. Right, and that's how rock—that's how the rock camp started. I always wanted to do a girls' rock camp, and that was just my dream. So after being at the Zach a couple of years, I was like, "Whoa, I'm at a place where I can do that now." So I did did one. Yeah, and then it—you know—it grew just overnight. But um, that's—that was originally the whole idea: is just to give girls access to learning yeah. and playing music and building confidence at a young age, because it wasn't something that I had growing up and, you know, I had to be in an all girls band in that yeah. environment that was really not easy. Uh.
2: It's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's a surprising, it's, I guess it's not surprising in our world that there's not more girl bands and not more girl rockers, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it's an unfortunate, like it's a, it's, res, it's a serious lack of like a, a creativity and a force that is just isn't there, uh, which should be, and not just not just out of equity or equality, but mm-hmm. it's weird that it's not there. I know I know mm-hmm. too many dude rockers who just don't think it like oh it's oh girls can't rock or girls can't play music right. Uh, that's such an unfortunate yeah. Uh, it's it's a falsehood that uh, just shouldn't exist.
1: Yeah, and I think it, in and in, in seeing it after. Doing this for several years at the ZAC, too, and seeing the girls rock camp and the boys rock camp and the co-ed rock camp, I can assure you there's absolutely nothing innate that makes girls, I mean, the girls are, they write, I mean, they're incredible. Yeah. And I, I I, really am hoping, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that um, cultural shift that I think I just think it's gonna be different. Like when I think about these girls that have now, I've got girls that have played the top hat already six times, you know and awesome. they're, and they're 12. <laughs> and like what they're gonna the confidence that they're gonna carry forward with them. because I really do think that it comes down to just it just comes down to that um, again, it's just messaging. It's just mm-hmm. messaging. you know It's just a messaging you hear growing up or just not seeing yourself in reflected in the world like you don't see other people other women doing it maybe or you I mean when we were when I was in a band yeah I mean you hear it all the time oh you got you're pretty good for a girl or that's she's pretty good for a girl or um that uh or or how sexy and hot you are I mean and that's I mean the, the majority of you know the compliments you get you know rather than like what a cool song. <laughs> yeah, no, it's,
0: it's,
2: it's, it's super unfortunate.
0: We were, Magpies were in Haver once, and this guy, we were having dinner, and this guy sort of puffed up his chest to us and was talking about how he's a redneck and we're from out of town and that usual thing. And he was going around the, the table asking what instruments we played. And Sam Pollington said, I played bass. And this dude, like, could not wrap his head around the fact that she was playing an instrument in a rock band. <laughs> she was the singer. You're the singer, right? You're the singer. No, I play bass. I play bass guitar. You're the singer, right? You know? And just, he couldn't fucking, he'd like, you yeah. he couldn't see it. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. It was totally insane. Uh, so
1: that's the other thing. I want to do my part to change that dynamic. And again, I think it's, it, it's so much of it. It just goes back to messaging, and I think that it's just like changing that messaging. Like you can do it. You know, you can. Um, this is your world, and I really I'm excited to see some of these girls, and boys.
2: That's great. No, well, like because boys get mm-hmm. the same thing. Boys get mm-hmm. the you're supposed to go get a job. You're supposed to go get this job or uh, watching uh, TV. The uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god, we're watching Riverdale. Which the, I love Riverdale. I know, I know. Uh, we're watching the. What is Riverdale again? It's oh. the it's the Archie and Archie and Veronica characters. Oh, you characters, told me about yeah. this. But uh, you gotta watch it. It's pretty good. Uh, the uh, <laughs> my favorite part is the kid who the main character teen is being forced to play football instead of making his own music, mm-hmm. and uh, and right. I and that theme seems again seems like a quaint idea. But that happens all the time. Totally. Well, I spent and, most of my life being told that I needed to go get a real job.
1: As a mom of a son, Rocker. Um, uh, my son Silas has turned 11, and, um, you know, Boys Rock Camp, it, like I said, I started it, it was about Girls Rock Camp, and then really looking around, boys, that is the message he's been given, is like, this is where, these are the places where you can go hang out with other boys in sports, yeah. playing sports, you mm-hmm. know, how often do these guys that get together and like all right you guys you're in a band like make a song you know and what that does I mean those kids one of the things that's so profoundly satisfying about it too is just seeing the relationships that they build with each other as you were saying like they build because that's what well you guys know because you're in bands like that's what it just when you're with other people and you're being creative it sort of helps us I think enter into those deeper relationships that we crave. Totally.
0: And I don't think it's being like dramatic to say Mm -hmm. that that if being in a band with someone you are forced to listen to them Mm -hmm. and in some way like that is where empathy comes from. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you are creating to different degrees like compassionate little people the more time they spend playing with music i don't know what happened with travis when it comes to this <laughs> well, I, an, I
1: accept that there's, a, there's an asshole <laughs> in every interview. yes
0: oh yes <laughs> somebody's got to keep this ship afloat <laughs> um so this is this is a time of year where everybody's thinking about uh, charitable donations or people who think about charitable donations are thinking about charitable donations yeah. how do they do that with zach
1: um, a number of ways. So you can just go right on our website and donate to the ZAC. Through you the can, website? Yep. You can send us a check. You What's the stop website? stop by and say hi, www.zoutownarts.org. Okay. Zoutown, or you can just Google Zach. ZACC in Missoula and it'll probably come up for you too if you forget. Um, but Yeah. We, um, we do, we rely on community support. If we didn't have community support, there would not be a Zach. So yeah. that's one of the things that is so great about this community is that I think the community does recognize recognize a need.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kia, thank you so much for the work you do and for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I really guys. appreciate it. Um, this has been Jamie. And Travis. Present! Present.